Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 166 and session number 47 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. You submit them via voicemail and I answer them. And you guys know I look forward to these days. I love actually recording these because it's you guys. It's you guys asking the questions and me giving you my best answer. And it's not always going to be the answer that's like black and white, right? It's going to be like my advice or what I would do in a certain situation. So if you wanted to submit your question and have me answer it, just head over to the blog and you can find that link by going to, or you can click on, no, you can, you can enter, you can enter the link by, it's kind of hard when you're doing an audio and telling people to go somewhere, but it's the amazing seller.com forward slash ask. Once again, that's the amazing seller.com forward slash ask, and you'll see a little record button there. You can go ahead and record your message and just make sure that you tell me your name. Cause I'd love to, you know, say hi. All right. So, uh, yeah, definitely head over and do that. And you guys know, I just love doing these. It's literally right now. I mean, just envision this for a minute. Okay. I'm sitting here in front of a microphone in front of my computer, looking at, you know, a couple of notes here that I have a little cup of coffee to my right. And I've got Brody down to my right as well on the floor in his cuddle cup, which is a little bed. That's Literally, almost like a little house in a sense that he's just all cuddled up in there. And it's snowing outside right now. And uh, I'm just here hanging out with you guys. So I love doing this. And uh, I'm really glad that you decided to come along for the day. All right. And uh, I know a lot of you have emailed me and said, Scott, I love when you do the Ask Scott sessions because they're just very, very useful because they're real questions. All right. And let me also say that if you guys uh, don't know, I. I announced this, I think, a couple episodes ago, is that I'm starting to add transcripts to all of the podcasts. So if you want to download even this transcript, even the Ask Scott sessions, uh, you can head over to the blog and do that. You can download them there or you can just read them on the blog. You can also check out the show notes and that's all uh, available over at theamazingseller.com forward slash 166. So again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 166. Six. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and dive right in today. Let's go ahead and listen to the first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. My name's Brandon. Thanks for the podcast, the fantastic training and content. I've been honestly ear-guzzling the podcast uh, the last couple of months. I have uh, taken the private label workshop, which was excellent. Um, done my research, found a niche, and uh, I've actually ordered two, three sets of samples. And so, honestly, I've enjoyed each step of the process. Um, and as simple as your reminder to take action is, uh, it's really helped me just to do something every day, perhaps every week, to keep my business moving forward. And so, thank you for that. My question involves returns, uh, whether it's a product warranty or a customer satisfaction. In episode 28, you talked about an acceptable return rate which was helpful, but I haven't heard an episode yet where you walk through a product return start to finish. Um, So to me, uh, while both product warranty and customer satisfaction issues are related for sure, they're certainly distinct, and I think they need to be addressed. So um, here we go, kind of a three-part question. What happens when one of the products is returned? What, What does Amazon's FBA system do with it? Is it repackaged? Is it resold? used? Does it come back to you? Number two, product warranties. How do you determine and set up your product warranty? um, Is it a lifetime warranty, 90-day warranty? Is this determined between you and your supplier? Does Amazon have anything to say about that? And then how do you, you know, how do you um, verbalize that in the copy of your Amazon ad? And then number three, customer satisfaction. I'm assuming that most private label businesses 
boast some sort of a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee. But what are the parameters with this, 60 days, 90 days? What's advisable um, for the life of the product, perhaps? So would love your take on this. Uh, thanks again, Scott, for all you do. Hey, Brandon, thank you so much for the questions. And I love it how you said that you're guzzling. You're literally, you're guzzling the podcast. <laughs> that is so awesome. I have not heard that. I've heard people say binging and uh, they're, uh, you know, really like just, you know, consuming but you're guzzling it, man. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So, and I love it that you're taking action too, right? You're, you're taking action. You're listening. You're applying. You're not just learning. You're actually applying. And uh, that's really, really awesome. And uh, it's really awesome too that you attended one of the workshops. So I'm glad that you got value from that. And uh, yeah, love it. So let's go ahead and address some of these questions. All right. And these are great questions too, by the way. Now, number one, when you have a return come back using FBA, now we're not talking about fulfilled by merchant. Now we have two different things here, right? We have fulfilled by Amazon and that's what we all love, right? We don't want to do work really. I mean, yeah, we're working our butts off to get our businesses off the ground and all that stuff, but we don't want to have to take a return, check it in, you know, go ahead and manually go in and give them a, a, a refund and all of that stuff, right? We don't want to have to monkey around with any of that stuff. That's why FBA is awesome right? Because they're doing all of the work. They're picking it, they're packing it, they're shipping it. And then if something comes back, they're collecting it, they're processing it, and then they're going to store that item as a return or as something that's either damaged or a return, okay? So it gets put into your unfulfillable, uh, let's call it bucket, okay? And they have a section there in your inventory that you can see that you have this many unfulfillable items. Now, you can go ahead and then you can have them shipped right back to yourself if you want to. Or you can have them destroy them. They will not take those items and resell them for you. That is not going to happen. What they will do is they'll throw them in the trash and uh, they'll get rid of them for you. Now, what I usually do is I have them shipped back to me. And the reason is, is because sometimes they're, they're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. They were just returned, right? They weren't even opened. So then I could just repackage them and then send them back in as new inventory, or I could keep them for parts if you have something that requires parts, or if someone says, you know, um, there was something wrong with one, you can send them one of yours that you have, and you can personally send that to them on your on your dime. You're going to take care of that. Um, so you could do that. So I always have the stuff shipped to me, back to me, um, after it's returned. But when it's returned, it's put into a separate, let's call it bucket that Amazon provides. And then they are kind of set there for, I believe it is, I believe it's 30 days, maybe even 60 days, but I thought it was 30 days. It, it may be 60. I, I don't know 100%, but I know it's at least 30 days. And then from there, what I always do, though, is once a month I go in there and I just go ahead and I just close that out, have it re have it shipped back to me. And all you do is you just click on that and then uh, on the little unfulfillable um, where you can see the inventory and then you can create your own uh, work order that will then ship it to whoever you want. If you want to ship it to someone, maybe you have a virtual assistant that's doing this type of stuff for you or anything in your Amazon business, you want to have it shipped to them and then they could take it and reprocess it and all that stuff and then ship it in. Uh, you know, you, the other thing you could do is if you had, let's say you had 20 of them come back over the period of, I don't know, a couple months, well, you could repackage those up into 20 and then ship in another box full of 20. Um, you just have to take off their label. Sometimes they'll put it in another plastic bag um, and then they have a, a return label on it. You may have to then take all that stuff out and then repackage it. Um, 
again, what I do is I just keep mine for my own uh, use as far as if I need to send out a replacement part, maybe something was missing in theirs, um, you know, but at least I get it back. Um, and yes, you do pay to have that shipped back to you, but I want that inventory shipped back to me and it's usually not that expensive to have it shipped back to you. So that's that, okay? You do not want to have to handle refunds. Imagine yourself starting to sell 100 units a day of something. You're going to get uh, returns. You're, you're just going to. And you don't want to have to deal with that stuff, right? Processing and then going in manually giving someone a refund and dealing with the communications back and forth. That's the beautiful thing with Amazon FBA, all right? So that's that. Now, as far as what you do as far as the manufacturer warranty goes, um, you know, Depending on where you're buying and sourcing, you're really not going to have that uh, as far as that you can transfer over to your customer. Now, if you do, that's great. Um, but for most of us, we're acting as the manufacturer, okay? Because we're buying the product, having it manufactured, um, and then we're the manufacturer now. So because of that, we create our own warranty in a sense, or our you know our, our own manufactured warranty. So if yours is thirty days then that's what it is. If yours is, you know, 12 months, then that's what it is. And then you have to, um, you have to uh, make good on that, if you will. Okay. And my thought is on this is yes, you will have some people that will return saying that there was something wrong with the item and that's fine. And then you just absorb that. And then, you know, uh, you know, you have to eat the cost of that. No big deal. Because here's my thought. You're going to convert higher. You're going to convert to more sales if you have a better warranty, all right? Most people are not going to probably have a problem, but if they do, you want to offer it. So you're, it's going to outweigh that you're going to get more sales versus the returns. So if that makes sense, you're, you're making someone feel as though there's less risk. So because there's less risk, there's more chance of them to buy because they know they can at least try it and then you'll offer that warranty, um, you know, to them. I would also put that in your bullet somewhere. Okay. I would mention the type of warranty that you're offering and that you are offering it as the manufacturer and that, you know, they would, you know, need to contact you. Now, this is where an insert card would come in handy because now if you have an insert card in there and you say, hey, take five seconds or 10 seconds and fill out, you know, your registration to make sure that you are under the 12 month warranty, right? Now, what that does is it gets someone on your email list, okay? And to me personally, and this is just me personally, I don't think that Amazon would have a problem with that because we're not taking that email address and immediately trying to sell them something. We're doing it so we could follow up with them or they could follow up with us in the future and we can also verify that they're one of our customers by them being registered through this email list, right? We could do a search and make sure that they are registered before we issue them the the, uh, the return. Even though if someone contacts me and they say, hey, Scott, uh, or you know, whomever, I have an issue, um, one of my, you know, certain things broke or it didn't come with something or after 12 months or even let's say 10 months, um, I, you know, something broke, you know, I will personally just say, okay, no problem. Here's a, either a refund or here's a new one and I'll send it to them, right? I, I, I want to go up and, and over uh, of what was expected because I think that's going to come back to you to, uh, to help your business. All right. And as far as satisfaction guarantee, that's the same thing pretty much to me as the manufacturer. Like I'm going to make sure that you're satisfied as long as you're one of my customers. 
and you want to really, really make sure that you, uh, that you convey this to them. And the best way to convey it is using, you know, a follow up sequence, especially if you're delivering value, um, you know, to them. And you can also remind them about the PDF that you uh, have sent them and also the insert card that they received. Make sure that you fill out that registration card and that you get registered so you are covered under the warranty, you know, so you can give a little reminder there. So all of that stuff would come into play. So I know I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but again, if you and I were sitting down at that coffee shop, this is what I'd be saying exactly. Uh, so that is my thoughts on that. Always go, um, you know, beyond what people are expecting and you'll have raving fans for your, your, your company. And I want people to understand that too. Like you don't just want to make one sale and be done. It's a lot harder to go and just find new customers all the time or even have Amazon find the customers. It's so much easier to sell to your past customers because they've already proven to buy and like your product. So why not really nurture those people? I mean, so many people just think about, okay, the new sales today, the new sales today. Well, those new sales could be from past customers and your job could be a lot easier and your business could be even bigger. All right. So just wanted to say that. So again, Appreciate your question. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. And uh, thanks for guzzling the content. Hopefully you can guzzle this. And uh, yeah, keep taking action. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, my name is Sydney. First of all, I want to thank you so much for the podcast. It's been an incredible resource and it's encouraged me to finally take action myself. But I have a question about my seller account. My product can fall into a couple different categories, and from what I've seen with my competitors, they're split about 33% across three really different categories. So let's just take the garlic storage container. The first seller has it in home and kitchen, because that makes sense. The other put it in sports and outdoors, maybe to grill in the backyard. But the third, it's in a really random category like travel, because maybe they want to use the garlic container to bring nuts and candy onto the airplane. I know it doesn't really make sense, But on that first page of Amazon, it's that third random category that has the top three spots. So does this make any sense? And how should I approach this? Should I pick a category that makes sense? Like garlic press goes into backyard or maybe the home and kitchen? Or do my competitors know something I don't know? Thank you so much. Um, Any help on this would be much appreciated. Take care. Hey, Sydney, thank you so much for the question. I appreciate it, and uh, it's a really good question. I'm going to do my best to give you my thoughts and uh, you know my advice on this and as far as what I would be doing. Personally, the way that I look at it is most people, most people are searching for a product by a keyword. You guys have probably heard me say that over and over and over again, right? And I'll continue to say it because it's the truth, right? If we go to Amazon and we just broke our garlic press, we're going to go type in garlic press, or maybe we'll say stainless steel garlic press or rubber handle garlic press, right? But you you get the idea. We're going to go there and we're going to search for something as soon as we go to amazon.com. Now, with that being said, once we do that and we come up with the top, uh, let's say 12, right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to choose one. We're going to look at one. We're usually going to go by an image and then we're going to go and look at the title, make sure everything lines up, gets our attention. Boom, we click on it. Now we're into that listing. Now that we're into that listing, we're also into a category, okay? So now that we're in a category, depending on what category that's in, if I do another search, I'm technically going to be searching inside of that category. Okay, but in the very beginning, I was searching on all the categories when I still believe that if you have a keyword that is that you're being ranked for, no matter what category you're in, 
you are going to show up in whatever category you're searching in, okay? Because yes, you can find products by going searching through categories, but ultimately, if you're ranking for keywords, you're going to come up in keywords. That's why you're finding on that front page that they're showing up for, you know, three different categories, right? So that's actually that that uh, you know, that proves what I'm saying is true. If you go there and you just search you know, a base search, you go to amazon.com, you haven't started searching yet and you search a keyword and you come up to that first page. And like you're saying, like, you know, there's three different categories that are coming up when you look at the listings, when you drill down into those listings, that's proof that on the first page, there's multiple different categories. So to me personally, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Now here's where it does make a difference. If you're going after a bestseller badge, if you're going after a bestseller badge and you want that badge to be on there that says, you know, bestseller in, you know, whatever, a subcategory, because that's really what, you, what you're going to be going after. Then what you're going to do is you're going to look at these subcategories and then you're going to see what uh, what ones are ranking and kind of like, you know, how they are ranking. And if your BSR is better than the top one in that category, in that sub, sub, subcategory, then you will get a bestseller badge. So I've seen people do that where they'll find a sub, sub, subcategory, and that'll be their second category, okay? And just a little reminder here, you can list your product in most categories. You can list them in multiple categories, at least two, all right? So, you know, by finding that secondary one that you might want to list in, then just go ahead and then just contact seller support, tell them that you want to keep your current you know, category, but then you also want to add a second category and usually they'll approve that within a few hours and you'll be listed in there. But I would, again, probably test this. I would start with the one that makes the most sense. Okay. The one that makes the most sense. And then from there, I would play around with that, see how that goes for a month, let's say. And then if you see that you're not getting traction or that, you know, that you think that if you were in another category, it might make a difference. Um, then I would try that. I don't think that that's the case. I think that that person that did it, might just not have known any better. Um, that's personally, I've seen that happen a lot because Amazon will also kind of help you pick that category when you submit it because sometimes the category that you go after is kind of not even the category that you're going to be listed and you just kind of tell it what you think it should be in and then they'll kind of place you. And then from there, you know, it's up to you to say, well, I didn't really want to be in that category. And then you can contact them and say, I'd rather be in this category and then they'll usually move you. All right. So I don't necessarily think that your competitors are doing it for any type of advantage. Um, and if they are, then just pay attention to it and try it in the, in the, uh, the main category that you think is going to be the one that you should be listed in. I think that makes the most sense. Um, and then from there, you can always go into those subcategories as well. Uh, but it's all going to come down to keywords. It really is. It comes down to keywords. Your title is your most important spot. And then from there, your uh, back end of your seller's account would be the second, and then the third would probably be the bullets, and then from there would be the description, and then obviously your image is going to be another important part for getting the attention. But being found by the words that are in your listing all starts with your title, all right? And it doesn't matter what category you're in, if you are, if someone's doing a search from the very beginning, they are going to search um, at, at a broad where now you'll show up no matter what. And even if you're in a category and you do a search, um, you will also, if you have a keyword that's ranking, you will show up there as well. Uh, so it may take some testing, but that's what I would recommend. And, uh, hopefully this has been helpful to you. So good luck and uh, keep me posted on that as well. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, 
just test it, play around with it, but I would go with the one that makes the most sense right now. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, my name is Clint. I am plowing through your material. I have been uh, at this for a couple weeks. I'm on episode 19. Um, Awesome stuff. Really appreciate you. This is awesome. Uh, My question is this. I am stuck on whether or not to pull the trigger on products. I find a lot of products that I think I could compete with. Um, You do a lot on product selection in the first 20 episodes anyway, but I guess if you could respond back, I wonder what... What are the baseline criteria? What are the baseline criteria? What do I need to know? Um, yeah, I already know how to make it marketable. I just, I guess I just need you to tell me to go. What do you think? Thanks. Hey, Clint, thank you so much for the question. And I love it. You're plowing through the content and we've got someone else that's guzzling the content. I love it. I love it, guys. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, so let me go ahead and... Um, and give you um, two resources, okay? And you said that you just started kind of listening to the podcast. You're plowing through the podcast. You're at episode 20. You can go to episode 56 and episode 161. Those are the two resources that I would tell anyone if they're thinking to themselves, um, how do I pick a product? What should I be thinking about? Those are two that come to mind for me right away. And those two are with Greg Mercer. So that's episode 56. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 56. And then also theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. If you listen to them, it's going to be myself and Greg Mercer talking all about picking products. And we talk about criteria. And I'll just run through them really quickly for you. But currently, I look for products that are between $19 and $45, okay? That's retail. And the reason is, is because, number one, I can find them uh, where they're more... um, they're, they're smaller in size. They're, uh, they're able to be shipped by air because of that. And they're lighter. And also they cost less because now, of course, if we're just starting, we want to be able to find a product that we could, you know, test and validate without spending a ton of money. Right. And that allows me to do it at the 19 to $45 price point. Now, let me just say that now that I've been at this a little while, I am starting to, this is like no phase uh, phase two of, uh, you know, or, or round two, let's call it, uh, of where uh, now I'm starting to consider more expensive products because now I have some cash flow running through the business and now I want to reinvest that back into maybe a little bit more of expensive products where it could also make it easier because now I don't have as much competition, but I still would start going, if I was starting fresh today, I would start with the 19 to $45 price point. I think there's still plenty of products out there and and, uh, and there's pr- plenty of uh, opportunity there. So that's where I would start. And again, I would go ahead and I would dig into those two episodes that we went over and covered that criteria. You want to look and make sure that it's got good depth. You want to make sure that it has good demand. Basically, you want to make sure people are buying it. All right. And you don't just want to make sure that there's two people out there that are selling it that are having sales. You want to make sure that there's a bunch. And I say a bunch, you know, at least 10, eight to 10 sellers that are showing depth all the way through. So if you do a search for a garlic press and you come up on page one, and let's say that you look at the top 10, and throughout those top 10, you see that every one of those is selling at least 300 units a month. That would be 3,000 units a month collectively. Well, now I only have to come in and say, I need to figure out a way to get in somewhere in that top 10. It doesn't matter if I'm number eight, 
Number five, if I can get in there somewhere, then I can probably grab some of those sales. And I would like to just get 10%. That's that's the 3,000 number, right? If we get 10% of that, well, we can go ahead and get 300 sales a month. That's 10 units per day. And if we can go and get a product that we can profit $10 per unit for one product, that's 100 bucks a day profit. That's kind of like, again, the base level and kind of like the overview of just starting out picking products, all right? And it, it really has not changed. It's depth of market, demand of market, and then finding a product that you can find and you can source um, where you can sell it between $19 and $45 retail and you can make that $10 profit. And again, let me just say this because I've said this before. It's not that you have to make that $10 profit rate, you know, day one. It just means that you can eventually get to that $10 profit. Now, if you work your butt off and you get there and you're like, I'm only making $7.70 profit on that thing. Well, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> you're still making $7. That's $70 a day, right? And then you're going to go out and find another product and you're going to learn from that first product. And then you're going to learn what you want to do differently. And then you're going to roll out another product that might do better than that product, okay? And then you just keep going at it that way. So that would be my advice to you and anyone else listening. Again, episode 56 and 161. So again, I'll give you the links, theamazingseller.com forward slash 56 and theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. Again, all of this will be in the show notes and it'll also be in the transcripts so you guys can download that at this episode, which is 166. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, Aaron here. I had a quick question for you, but first I just wanted to say thank you for all the great information you're putting out into the world. You know, for someone who's really doing this whole thing essentially by themselves, It's great to have you and the podcast there as sort of a partner or someone to go to for questions that I don't know. Um, So, yeah, one of the questions I have is, is there a way to make a customizable option to an Amazon buyer from an Amazon seller? Uh, My initial instinct is that it may not be possible, seeing as you can't redirect off Amazon and you can't get an Amazon buyer's email information to kind of get a back and forth going. So, yeah, my real question is, is there any way to do a customizable option for an Amazon buyer from an Amazon seller? Uh, looking forward to hearing your to your answer, and thank you again for all the great information. Have a good day. Hey, Aaron, thank you so much for the question. Thank you so much for the kind words. I'm so glad that you're getting value from the podcast. It does mean a lot to me when I hear from you guys, uh, you know, calling in and in your own voice kind of uh, that you're listening and that you're guzzling or plowing through the content. So I want to thank you, all of you. Um, but again, I just want to say, Aaron, thank you so much for the question and I appreciate it. Um, to answer your question, um, actually, there is something out there right now called Amazon Custom and it's in beta right now. So not everyone may be invited to this, but it's probably worth reaching out to Amazon and asking them if you can be approved because this is a custom uh, option now where you can create a customized, a personalized product per uh, customer, okay? And it's called Amazon Custom. And again, it's in beta, um, but I'm going to leave the link to that so anyone that is interested in that can check that out. And I'll, again, I'll leave it in the show notes to this episode. And again, that's Amazon Custom. 
and it's uh it's in beta right now. I'm looking at the screen as we're looking at this. It looks like in home and kitchen. Um, it looks like um, even electronics, uh, sports and outdoors, pet supplies, office products. I'm seeing that there's actually 24 additional departments. So uh, that's what it's showing the results for for this. But uh, I don't know a ton about it, but I do I do know that it's there. I was actually invited to it. Um, that's how I knew of it. But then I just did a little bit of a quick search before I answered this question because I wanted to have the link and I wanted to know exactly what it was called. But it's called Amazon Custom and it is in beta right now. So it's again, it's kind of like the Etsy for Amazon. And that's kind of what my take is. It's kind of like where you're able to have in a sense, almost like hand-done products uh, and customized products for people so you can do one-off type stuff if you wanted to. Um, Now, this is a little bit different as far as, you know, fulfilling by Amazon where you can go ahead and, uh, you know, send in a thousand units. So I'm not really sure logistically how that would work, uh, but I just wanted to let anyone that's thinking about this or even adding this as another option it's probably a great place, especially because there's not a lot of people in there right now. A lot of businesses, at least is not as many as there is, you know, selling on just the main site, right? It's another division of Amazon, just like they've done the Kindle and, you know, now they've got the marketplace and they're always adding these new things. So, you know, you could get in while it's still new and uh, as long as uh, it gets out of beta, then uh, you could be one of the, you know, one of the founders in there or one of the founding members, I should say. Um, to be able to, uh, you know, to, to use this service. It seems like a pretty interesting service. It was, it's probably definitely worth checking out if you have a personalized product and you wanted to take advantage of the Amazon platform. Again, I don't have a ton of knowledge on it. I don't use it. I haven't used it. And I don't really know anybody that has. I know it's fairly new. So definitely check that out. Um, cause I think what you were saying was not just to have like a variation of something. You're like saying, like, if someone says, I want to have something personalized with someone's name or, with maybe a certain design, um, you know, that there would definitely need to be, uh, you know, on a, on a platform that would allow you to do that. And in this case, Etsy allows you to do that. So if you're not selling on Etsy, I would probably look into Etsy as well, but then also Amazon custom would be, uh, the one that I would look into. So Hopefully this has been helpful to you. I appreciate the question. Sorry I couldn't help you more, uh, but I, I could hopefully give you the resource that you can go check out for yourself. And if you learn more about that, please let me know. You can email me and uh, and let, let me know on that. Maybe I can do an update on the show for anyone that is interested in using Amazon Custom and maybe what it takes to get approved and all of that fun stuff. So uh, yeah, so thanks for the question. Everyone else, I wanna thank you guys for the questions, everybody that submitted them. If you guys have submitted a question and it hasn't been answered yet, be patient. I am working through them and uh, I'll try to get to as many as I can. And as always, you know, submit your question. If you have one, you know, submit it. Go over to the blog at theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and submit your question over there. Just leave your first name and your question and I'll do my best to answer it here on an upcoming show. Now, before we do jump off, I wanted to invite anyone that has not attended one of my live workshops. Okay, I wanted to invite you where I cover the five phases from picking a product, sourcing a product, all the way up to launching and promoting the product. I go through all five phases, and I do this on a free live workshop. I would love to invite you to this live event, and you can register for that over at theamazingseller.com forward slash 
workshop. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and you can see the upcoming date on that, and then you can register there as well. All right, guys, that is it. That is going to wrap up this episode of the Amazing Seller podcast and Ask Scott session number 47. And again, if you guys want to check out the show notes, the transcripts, and all of the goodies over there, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 166. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Have an awesome, amazing day. And remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. We'll see you in the next episode. Take action.